the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. In our own life experiences, we have witnessed the general devastation of mediocre living. We have also witnessed those who have risen above it no matter what challenges they face. The Bible tells us that nothing is too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. Any one of us can be an overcomer if we look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Fear not, for God is not. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander continues to set the record straight. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not anything else. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And my friends, that's what we must believe today. We must believe without a doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand. Whoa, 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 stop. (laughs) Stop. Stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized the eunuch. Now, when they came up out of the water, see, baptism is by immersion. Up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. He was just raptured out of of the way and God relocated him and he went on his way rejoicing. Let me tell you something about baptism. This is a baptism lesson. Baptism is so important that Jesus himself was baptized. Now, if Jesus himself was baptized, how come some of you believe Jesus and you haven't been baptized? Huh? Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized, uh, to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Look at the humility of John. And, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came. Look, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Look, he came what up from that's not a sprinkle. Okay, not a sprinkle. He can't, he, it, it, look, look, to come up out of the water means you have to, implies that you had to what? Yeah, look at that. Dead to sin, alive to Christ. It wasn't no little drops. And be, look how quiet y'all getting now. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We see the Trinity here, the doctrine of the Trinity. We see, we see Jesus going under the water. Uh, we see the Holy Spirit lighting on Jesus, anointing him, confirming that he's the Son of God. And the voice from heaven is God the Father saying, This is my beloved Son 
Son in whom I well please. We see the Trinity at work. God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the triune Godhead, and in the baptism of Jesus. As Jesus is launched into his ministry. You know why baptism is so important? Baptism is included. It is so important that it is included in the Great Commission by Jesus himself. It is included in the Great Commission by Jesus himself. Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father of who? The Son and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost are words that are interchangeable. It's part of the Great Commission. Why is baptism so important? Baptism is a picture of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. It is a picture of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection, and is a public declaration of the believer's identification with Christ and his church. Let me say that again because I know you're writing. Baptism is a what? Picture of our Lord's death, of our Lord's burial, of our Lord's resurrection, and it is a public declaration of the believer's identification with Christ and his church. You want to see where? Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized into his death? Therefore, we were baptized with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, look, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. My friends, baptism is a picture. Say picture. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and is an outward expression of an inward reality. Okay? Get it? Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and is an outward expression of an inward reality. After believer's baptism, that person is accountable to the Lord and the church for his commitment and his lifestyle. In other words, you can't come and say, I'm a believer, and you're going to live hellish in the house of God. We have the authority to correct you. We have the authority, according to the church, to send you through a disciplinary process. We're not going to let you be a homemonger and stay in here. Look how quiet it's getting. You're not going to be a sugar daddy playing with somebody else's wife. You leave my wife alone and I'll leave yours alone. Let's, let, let's make a deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. It didn't work that way. Now, we'll let you come in any kind of way. You say, <laughs> any kind of way? Yeah. Whoso will, let him come. You're homosexual, gay, you can come. You're a liar, you can come. You're a gossip, you can come. You're a thief, you can come. Y'all hold your pocketbooks now. Okay, <laughs> you can come. <laughs> I can't call the list. It's, it's just a long list. And all them other things. You can come. You can come. They'll take you at Metropolitan Hospital, Methodist Hospital. They come in all conditions. But they, the goal is not to keep them there. They perform surgery on them, get them made whole, and then roll them out. Here, we let you come in your condition. And then we'll introduce the plan of salvation to you, see you get saved. We nurture you, build you up in the faith. We don't roll you out. We keep you in unless you become hard-headed and won't conform to the authority of Scripture then we have the authority to put you out. That's right. You say, where is that? In Matthew 18. 
It's in the scripture. That part is in the Bible. If you haven't torn it out, you go back to <laughs> y'all gonna turn. Don't turn that now. Turn when you get home. <laughs> that's, that, that's one thing. When the church gets so big, the question becomes, how do you deal with church discipline? Because these, these folk are coming to church in all kinds of conditions, doing everything. They come to church, think a little dab or do it. They live a Christian life. They, they, I mean, they, they live a hellish life. And they come on Sunday morning and add a little dab of religion to it and then think they're all right with God. Doesn't work that way. Now, you know what? Some of y'all are going to choke on this message and you ain't going to ever come back. But that's all right for everyone that leaves. God will send 15 more to take your seat. Only the truth of God's word will set you free. I, your blood is not going to be on my hands. I'm going to preach the truth. And then you're responsible for what you do with that truth. Are y'all hanging with me? Okay. Uh, I want to say something else about baptism. Refuse, listen to this, refuse to question a judge, refuse to question or judge adults who possess an inward desire to be rebaptized through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you adults, and I pray this happens right here in this service. I mean, when you first came to Christ, you, you, you came, but you didn't quite know it was fuzzy. And you didn't quite understand or whatever the reason was. And you have a prompting, an inner prompting to be baptized. Maybe you're a deacon. Maybe you've been singing in the choir. Maybe you're on a media ministry. Maybe you're in a nurse. Maybe you're a teacher. Who cares what folk think? By the way, do you know I've been rebaptized? I was rebaptized in the Jordan River. Over in Israel, I was rebaptized. I, mean, I, I just wanted to reaffirm the commitment that I already had in my heart. And I wasn't ashamed to be rebaptized. It's nothing wrong. Don't let anybody judge. And y'all stop. Why is she coming? She's been in church all that time and here she come. Being she, she knows she don't have to do all. Shut up. Who made you the judge? You are not their God. And you don't know what's going on in that person's heart. Refuse to question or judge adults who possess an inward desire to be rebaptized through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Some saints were not sure they were genuinely saved when they were first baptized. But now that they know without a doubt that they have a genuine relationship with the Lord, they have an inward desire to be baptized now as a confirmation of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, let me deal with children for just a moment. Refuse to hinder young children from receiving Christ because they are young. Did you hear what I just said? Refuse to hinder young children from receiving Christ just because they're young. Clearly share the gospel with them. And if they respond in simple childlike faith, let them come. They don't know what they're doing. They don't, well, listen, they don't have to know it all. You, you old as I don't know what, and you still don't know it all. Matthew 19, 14 says, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. If you restrain a child who is being prompted to respond to Christ and desires to be baptized, listen to this closely. You may be denying that child their only opportunity to receive Christ. Tomorrow is not promised, not even to a child not even to a child. Okay? Now, let's transition. We cannot expect success, blessings, or favor from God while dishonoring him by not assembling ourselves together 
for the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Okay? We cannot, don't expect success while you are being negligent with the Lord's Supper. You won't even assemble yourself. You say, why can't we take it in the morning? Yeah, we can take it in the morning, but how come you can't come once a month and take it in the evening? You go to parties in the evening. You go to football games in the evening. You work on a job off times in the evening. Huh? Some of y'all playing around in the evening. What's wrong with evening? God doesn't take naps in the evening. It's not convenient. Who cares about your convenience? Matter of fact, we ought to be having night service every Sunday night. All this hell going on with all this ISIS and all this. Listen, the church ought to be, doors ought to be open day and night and, and through the week. If you can't come one night out of a month, you take issue with that, you in bad shape spiritually. Bad shape and don't even know it. Why remember to take the Lord's Supper? Because Jesus instructed us to remember him. Beloved, Christ doesn't make suggestions. He gives commands. He doesn't give opinions. He doesn't care about what you think. He, he doesn't make suggestions. He gives command. You say, where is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 25. It says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered from you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. My friend, we must value and take seriously the words and commands of our Lord. Why remember to take the Lord's Supper? Beloved, Christ is to be remembered because he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Just jot that much down. He did for us that which we couldn't do for ourselves. He was the perfect sinless sacrifice who died on the cross for our sins. There is none like him. The Lord knew that if If we're not constantly reminded of what he did for us on Calvary, we will soon forget. That's why we take Holy Communion. We can easily remember the wrong things that happened to us, but let's remember the right things. Every baptized believer in Jesus Christ is to take the Lord's Supper. When we take the Lord's Supper, we are fellowshipping with Christ. Many saints go to church for the wrong reasons, such as for fellowship. Many come to the church for fun. Many come to the church for concerts and drama and presentations. Many come to church to eat and have banquets. Many come to find a wife, a husband. Many come looking for business prospects. They pass out a business cards and won't pass out a Bible tract. Many look for social events. We come to the Lord's house to worship and commune with the living, risen Savior. But when was the last time you came to receive Holy Communion to remember Christ's birth, Christ's death, Christ's Christ's life, Christ's death, and Christ's resurrection? Beloved, our love for Christ must transcend our love for anything else and anyone else. Some of you can't come back in the evening because of football, basketball, stuff. Dogs, yards, cores, sports bars. That's why you can't come back. Laziness, convenience. Beloved, our love for Christ must transcend our love for anyone else or anything else. For he alone has rescued us. That beer didn't rescue you. That wine didn't rescue you. 
The cowboys can't rescue you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And when we remember to take the supper, we demonstrate our love for him. My friends, why take Holy Communion? The Lord's Supper reminds us that Jesus is coming back. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. How are we to take the Eucharist? I've changed the name. How are we to take the Eucharist? We must take the Lord's Supper thankfully. The word Eucharist, say Eucharist. The word Eucharist means the giving of thanks. You see? So we we take the Lord's Supper thankfully. Jesus gave thanks even though he was betrayed and about to suffer and die. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 24a says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks. I mean, he was betrayed, still giving thanks. Let's not forget to say thanks. Jesus gave us an example of how to say thanks, even in the midst of trials and adversity. We honor the Lord with our presence and it's the way to say, thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Uh, how are we to take the Lord's Supper? We are to take the Lord's Supper consistently. Some churches do the Lord's Supper every Sunday. Some do once a month. Some do it every three months. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 a says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, coming to the Lord's table must be filled with reverence, communion, authenticity, and appreciation, which deepens our relationship with the Lord. Since the exception of Maranatha almost 28 years ago, we have faithfully participated in the taking of the Lord's Supper with the saints. The height of ingratitude is for Jesus to come, suffer, and die in our place to procure our salvation, and yet so many saints are careless in their attendance. You must not be negligent with that which is so sacred and holy before the Lord. This is a great sin of omission, my friends. How would you take the Lord's Supper? We must take the Lord's Supper retrospectively. We must take the Lord's Supper up retrospectively. 1 Corinthians 11.25b says, do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Looking back retrospectively. We must look back and remember what our Lord accomplished through his sacrificial death on Calvary. Jesus was the unblemished, perfect sacrifice and the sufficient substitute. His death, burial, and resurrection rescued us from sin and eternal judgment. Jesus' death on the cross ushered in the new covenant. In the old covenant, people approached God only through the priest and the sacrificial system. But in the new covenant, we have the special privilege to personally approach God through Jesus Christ. The old covenant was practiced repeatedly by the blood of animals offered for the sins of God's people. The new covenant has been ratified once and for all by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. We now eat the bread and drink the cup not to remember the exodus and the Red Sea, but to remember the cross and the Savior. That's big. It is not exodus and the Red Sea. We Now, because Jesus has come, it is the cross and the Savior. 
How are we to take Holy Communion? We must take the, the Holy Supper looking inwardly. Looking inwardly. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven through 28 says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drink it, drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the Lord's body and blood uh, of the Lord. But let every man examine himself. Examine himself. Say examine yourself. That's looking inwardly. Examining yourself. Making sure that you're right before God and not sinning. Make in your attitude, in your motive. You're there out of duty, but not out of love. And then we are to take the Lord's Supper cautiously. Say cautiously. In other words, look, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine through 31 says, For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. The Lord requires his children to take the Lord's Supper in a way that is reverent, holy, repentant, and obedient. The Lord chastens those to death who carelessly uh, take the Lord's Supper, neglect the Lord's Supper, omit the Lord's Supper. He says some of you have sick and some of you have even died because of how you received the supper or because you even omitted the supper. God takes his instructions of sacred things seriously. Finally, but not the least, we must take the Holy Communion filled with expectancy. We must take it filled with expectancy. Say expectancy. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. When we take the, the Lord's Supper, we are acknowledging the fact that he's coming back again. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six b says, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This alone should motivate us. 1 John 14, 1 through 3 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to a, a place, uh, go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Look, I will come again. Look, I say it with me. I will come again. Say it again. I say it louder. Who will come again? He said, Jesus said, I will come again. And I'm not just coming to be coming. I'm coming to receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. My friends, the Lord's Supper reminds us that the Lord is coming back soon. If God could just show you the hourglass of your life and show you how much life you really have left, you'd run up here and get right with God. If you knew your time was up tomorrow, you'd be up here tonight. Matter of fact, you'd be here before six o'clock. You'd be here at four o'clock waiting on six o'clock. Because you know next, tomorrow this time, you'd be gone. I will come again. Now you leaving here. Some of y'all think y'all gonna see. You, you think that makeup and all that do-over stuff gonna keep you here? You think them vitamins and herbs and all that stuff, the doctor's report going to keep you here? Ready or not, when God calls, you going to answer. And you're going home. All of us are going home. If you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. If you don't know him, you're going to hell. It's as simple as that. It's no purgatory, no sideline, no, nowhere to go to get, all, get right and then go. No, you go straight to heaven or straight to hell. 
It's your decision. Let's pray. Lord, it was so much said in this message. So much said. And there's so much soul such a need to be done. Father, truth be told, many under my voice need to repent of their attitude toward baptism and the Lord's Supper. Many have joined the church and still yet have not been baptized. Here they are in a new year, still unbaptized. Negligence. And God, you will chasten those you love. Father, there are those here today and they don't have a church home. You want them in a healthy, well-balanced church where they can hear the gospel truth, fall under conviction, and be made right with God so you can bless them in ways like they've never seen before. Lord, bring people to you now. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded of the immeasurable gifts God has given us. One of those gifts is the miraculous gift of motherhood. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th at 10 a.m. as we thank God and honor all mothers during our Mother's Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed as we praise God together on this special day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.